Good morning in this pastel morning. And now abideth these three. They may have already popped up in your memory. And now abideth these three. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. When I started thinking about work for justice, this passage appeared, popped up in my memory. It's from the New Testament letter to the Corinthians. They were a church facing some challenges in a society that was filthy rich and running to meanness. I looked up some explanation of the letter. Can you believe I actually typed into Google exegesis? I found out something I never knew before. In those days, the word church only meant an assembly of folks of common cause, not a building and not necessarily spiritual. So Paul, in his letter to the Christians clustered in Corinth, was upholding them, reminding that the underpinning for all that they do is faith and hope and love. This admonition has lived strong through the ages, reminding human beings of the spiritual gifts to sustain ourselves and each other. Consider for us, To be a community charged full with the charge of the soul, called to make the world whole. What does that take? We say it includes to work for justice. We say we will live into shared principles of love and compassion to impact lives and promote justice with local and global communities. The document that we have on the table in the back On one side, it says we believe in, and the other, we commit to. This is our recent work of discernment, to not only say it, but to realize who we are and who we're being. Unitarian Universalists, like many of us here identify, and all are welcome, whether or not they identify as you, you or not, are known for promoting justice. What does that take? showing up for the sake of justice and compassion we show up we gather with all people as individuals as groups even massive crowds in common cause often from hearts broken by injustice hearts broken by injustice and yet hearts broken if broken open to let in the light of compassion will light our paths with compassion. We work not against injustice. We work to promote justice, for justice, for a solution, for taking a step on a path toward a better future. Think of massive crowds taking a step forward. Think of March for Our Lives. Teenagers with hearts broken open by the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. They're showing up, stepping forward toward a better future. This last weekend, grassroots organizations from all over the country, including eight young organizers for March for Our Lives, convened to charter the Denver Accord 
You haven't heard of the Denver Accord yet. We're just back from it. To stop gun violence. To stop gun abuse. To promote the justice of no one controlled by, wounded by, or killed by those who abuse the privilege of holding firearms. When March for Our Lives gathered in Washington, D.C., an estimated 385,000 people gathered. As that young woman, the teenager, on the presentation dais, Emma Gonzalez, stilled her voice to stand in memory. A wave of stillness swept over that entire crowd. A reverence for hearts broken open. If the word church actually means an assembly of folks of common cause, then in those silent minutes, Pennsylvania Avenue was turned into a cathedral. And now abideth hope. Young people, powerful in spirit, nonviolently committed to justice. Unitarian Universalists like ourselves, and as many of us do claim to be here, as a group, we're known for promoting justice. We're called on. For instance, after the election of 2016, which is the only time I'm going to speak of it, right afterward, the school friends meeting near Phoenixville here sent emissaries to the surrounding UU congregations asking for advice on social justice actions. On the appointed evening, the meeting house was packed full, standing room only, shoulder to shoulder. And sure enough, there were four UU ambassadors who showed up. You might say to help light the path toward justice. The folks crowded into that meeting house were concerned, kind, soft-spoken, and yet adamant. Accountability had come home. However this had happened, it was now up to people of goodwill to bind together in nonviolent ways to heal our hurting nation. One young man asked, is there anybody who supplies reliable research on contenders for local political office? Well, the League of Women Voters have been fair and reliable. He goes, who's that? But think of it. A young man who's never even heard of the League of Women Voters was crammed into that meeting house, committed to holding himself accountable to promote justice. And now abideth hope. Again, young people powerful in spirit, nonviolently committed to justice. Not only our Quaker brethren count on our commitment to social justice. Some years ago, in Fort Worth, Texas, the local diocese of the Catholic Church called on First Jefferson Unitarian Universalist congregation to help sustain survivors rescued from violence in El Salvador. The survivors were hidden in safe houses by the diocese for months until they could be spirited to real safety in Canada. A group from the UU congregation committed, trusted, counted on, Showing up, taught English, and provided beloved friendship during those anxious months. So what does that take, showing up and being useful? We have different life experiences. We're at all stages of life, 
We've got our youth. We've got our young families. We've got our seasoned folks. We've got our seniors, as I call myself, and our elders, like my mom, Lois, who will be 94 next month. She'll be here at 11 o'clock. As individuals, we work for justice, actually, all our lives. In the way we live all our values, in the way we raise our families, in the way we conduct ourselves. There are times in our lives when we are able to join demonstrations for justice and vigils. There are times we can gather for group effort, like the backpacks inspired by our HeartWorks ministry. There are also times we're able to work for justice in the community as individuals. In Wilmington, Delaware, um, I'm from Delaware, I'm privileged to volunteer with Sister Mary, a sister of St. Francis, in our local men's prison. We give, along with the men incarcerated, we give a workshop designed by Quakers to provide experiential training in nonviolence. One weekend, as the men assembled for a new workshop, the facilitators were insistent to tell Mary and I of an extraordinary event. Now, we all, there we go by nicknames, affirmative nicknames. So Dynamic Damon said, Kind Kathleen, Marvelous Mary, you have to know what Handsome Hernandez did. Handsome's going like, who's going like this? No, Hernandez, we have to tell. Last week, they said, last week, this guy in our pod, he was real sick with belly pains, real sick. Now, nobody likes him much. He's big and he's soft. We kind of avoid him. But he was so sick we were worried he would, like, die or something. Then comes in this big guy from another pod. Don't know what kind of beef he could have had with our guy. But he shoves him off the bunk and starts kicking him in the gut. We were scared and we didn't know what to do. Then Hernandez here, you can see he's a little guy, no disrespect. Hernandez steps over our guy. Looks the bully right in the eye, right in the face. And he says quietly, if you have to kick somebody, kick me. And the bully studies him for a little bit. It just turns and walks right out. And now abideth faith. Calm courage and faith in doing the right thing. Why is a man like that still incarcerated? Sister Mary and I have wondered about many foolish but kind young men. One time Sister Mary said to me, For 20 years, whenever I have prayed for help, I've been sent a Unitarian. Do you know why? I said, yes. She goes, you do? (laughs) Yes. We're not interested in being good. We're interested in being useful. And guys, that's a bold contention. So test me on that. Look inside. When you volunteer for some social justice event, when I do, am I trying to prove I'm moral, good enough for heaven? I just want to make a difference. Make things better. Be useful. But what happens when our faith is shaken? Work for justice is a long haul. That work is going to continue beyond my life. I suppose working for justice is forever. But I'm the kind of person who wonders, am I I making a difference? I tell you, one of the incarcerated men I, I truly trusted... Uh, He was a fine facilitator. He had clear insights and a charismatic power with the other men. Seemed to be a power for good. I wrote a letter of recommendation for him when he finished his sentence and went home. And so the judge relaxed his probation a little. 
And then, back at home only three months, Jimmy Gunshot wounded two men. Why? The Quaker Alternatives to Violence Project is powerful. It has been proven since 1975. I'm the kind of person that then starts to worry, is it me? Did I fail? Should I just get out of the way? I hope not. And there's the clue. I hope not. There are other guys doing well at home. So there are successes. It just, Jimmy shooting those guys brought me down. And I guess we rally when we're able to trust and maybe even go so far as to say it, have faith, to do our best, love generously, be who we're called to be, and trust that it might turn out. So I love that phrase that we have. We believe we come to know the divine by living fully, loving generously, and being who we're called to be. But what calls us to social justice, though? What have we experienced? Calls us to make a difference. Right here, right now. We say the divine is present to us in the holiness of our everyday experiences. The burning bush is blazing everywhere. Now wait, burning bush? Where does that image come from? Up, maybe the path lit before us? The light for that path blazes from the book of Exodus. For maybe 3,000 years now, the story is told. And many of us could tell it right now. It goes like this. Moses is herding sheep. Tromping along the mountainside, minding his business. Suddenly... He sees the unbelievable. As in, lo, wait a minute. Those brambles are on fire. But, wait, they're not burning up. The blaze is just there. So he creeps a bit closer. Wouldn't we be curious and doubtful? You know, close and back. Now, out of the blaze comes a voice. Take off your shoes, Moses, you are on holy ground everyday event now how can that be the divine is present to us in the holiness of our everyday experiences we're tromping along minding our own business yet we find ourselves in what feels like holy ground whether it's a moment on Pennsylvania Avenue with 385,000 other people whose hearts are broken open there's a stillness an aliveness as if a deep breath is taken in all of creation and held. I invite you to recall such a moment. The memory may just appear. For me, a moment like that was a shared grief with a man you may have heard of or even seen on TV bringing tears to the eyes of Barack Obama. But long before that happened, the man was generous to come to Delaware to testify in our legislature. And being from Delaware, my husband Pete and I had taken him to dinner. Mark was to testify on behalf of laws to stop the abuse of gun privileges. Mark Barden has reason. Like too many of us, to testify to stop gun violence. When he spoke of his loss, his six-year-old son Daniel shot dead at Sandy Hook. His grief was so palpable, he and I took hands. Creation seemed to hold his breath. Unspeakable grief 
suddenly transformed into the peace and presence of holy ground. Mark has been transforming his grief into the fire of compassion and now abideth love. Love beyond understanding, whenever our hearts broken open, can shine the light of hope and faith that our pain can be transformed into strength for healing, for mercy. By grace, we are called to live our spirituality right here, right now, in these bodies. Take a look at your hands. Look at your hands. All right? These hands have evolved to be useful, right? Check the opposable thumbs. My cats envy the opposable thumbs. Right? right? You might say we're born to be useful, right? We evolved these hands, and hey, are we evolving a fuller humanity as well? An appreciation, as we say, for the gifts and yearnings of all people. The path lit before us may be the only one step on a journey into forever. For you to light the path, you may be raising a young family into the values you hold sacred. For you to light the path, you may be exploring the range of your imagination, your creativity, your usefulness. For us to light the path, we've been gathering to worship, to explore in small groups for spiritual development, to make ourselves useful with all our ministries, to walk spiritual paths. There are many paths paved with grace and wisdom. And we here at Wellsprings are exploring many paths and new paths as well. We can be considering, hmm, where will our work for justice take us? We speak of wisdom shared between us, which never goes out. As a senior UU, I remember 40 years ago at First Jefferson UU Church, our minister, Reverend Marjorie Montgomery, afforded us a wisdom that has never gone out for me. Raise your hands up again. Put your hands up again. Consider this. Love has no hands but these hands. Love has no hands but these hands. And love has no hands but the hands, our hands, humanity's hands. And now abideth faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Will you pray with me? God of our heart's understanding, in us and through us, may we always pray for strength to raise a hand, healing to hold a hand, mercy to lend a hand, and grace to hand it all to love. Amen, and may you share your blessings.